Blog Talk Radio. Like I give me love, oh. Now you the catch my shot. For your sake, I go go touch you. Hey. We go drive around you for my Porsche. Baby, Ipana. They say he like you all. I, I got you all. Baby, Ipana. Anywhere that you go, I go follow you to go. Baby, Ipana. They say he like cassava. I get to pick a summer day, baby, Ipana My love for you, you never die You never die, Iba, Iba, oh baby, Iba, Iba Baby, you too sweet, Iba, Iba Oh baby, dance to the laguaja Make a take you to Fabolata Iba, Iba, oh baby, Iba, Iba Baby, you too sweet, Iba, Iba Oh baby, dance to the laguaja Make a take you to Fabolata Your love is a beautiful thing can you they cool my temper? Love is a wonderful tender feeling. You they give me ginger. So baby dance, dance, dance. The beauty in your eyes they give me life. Oh oh, me could give the love the dance. So what you say? What you say for love? Oh baby, give me the body, body, body. I don't want you to be the body, body, body. I'm gonna kill you. Show you love that you never seen before. For love, you give me love. Now you the catch in my shot For your sake I go go touch you We go drive around me for my Porsche Baby Ipana They say he like you all I got you all Baby Ipana Anywhere that you go I go follow you to go Baby Ipana They say he like cassava I get to be cassava Baby Ipana Techno opening our show today on Saturday, October 17th. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whichever part of the world that you are listening to us from, welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. We are excited today as we talk about and look at the issues concerning the big, big, big election coming up, I believe, in less than two weeks or about that time. America decides... 2020, welcome. This is your host, uh, Nathan Inkama, from the great city of Dallas, Texas. And uh, we are looking forward to this great discussion today. We shall be introducing our guest momentarily here. Let me say hello to my friends from the north. Hello, Roger. Good morning. At uh, this point, Nathan, in 2016... Six mm-hmm. million Americans had voted. Um, yes. Uh, as we speak today, 22 million have already voted. 22. 22. That tells you, that says a lot. That, that, yes. I mean, that speaks volumes, uh, Roger. 22 million. And have yes. you seen the projection of the figure, the way it keeps changing? From 9 million, yes. it went to 17, it went to 20. And it's at 22 million. Okay. Let, let, right. Hi, Clotilda. Hi, Clotilda. Good morning. We see you as always. And uh, let's not waste our time today. 
we honored and privileged to have a true son of the soil. I'll use that word, a true son. We are joined by Mr. Walter L. Smith II, an environmental and civil engineer, a licensed environmental professional and principal at W.L. Smith and Associates, which are consulting organization. Uh, joining us from Florida, Walter, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Loud and clear, okay. brother. Loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> good morning. Moody boy. Well, boy. Yeah. Can you hear that, Roger? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really boy, you know. Walter lived in Africa for many, many years. Uh, for what, too long, I think. Get, that's what we can say. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. What yeah, tell our listeners how much time you spent in Africa and which part of Africa you lived before we get into the show. I spent um, off and on, the, I spent about 10 years of my life off and on the continent of Africa. And uh, I started when I was 12 years old um, as a boarder at the school known as St. Andrews in Blantyre, Malawi. Um, mm. That was about 19, I was oh, 12 wow. years old and... Yeah, I was 12 years old, and it was about uh, 1984, 1985 or so. And so uh, what took you to uh, Africa? Uh, well, my father was is the, is the former president of Florida A&M University in Samu in Tallahassee, and uh, and after he left the university, he was a Fulbright scholar, and uh, he had already set up some programs. He had worked a good 40 years of his life already. In Africa, um, setting up mm-hmm. schools, um, leading missions where he was actually, he was the person who actually started the uh, and established the American style community college system in the Republic of South Africa. Um, and when uh, in Malawi, he worked with, uh, with them on setting up programs like uh, from FAMU when he was president, he had already had a staff already in Malawi from before mm-hmm. when he was president, uh, where he set up a polytechnic. Uh, between Zamba and Blantyre for people to go in and actually get um, uh, be educated Uh, Mm -hmm. through articulation between universities uh, abroad and in Africa because you know as you know quite often when people are doctors or lawyers in Africa uh, they go to other places abroad and it doesn't stick and that's that's that was a travesty of education during that time that that's why we were there primarily because of my father's work okay Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, Walter, in 2016, you ran for office of uh, state representative for the House of uh, Florida, District 61. Yes. Uh, what yes. was uh, an environmental vis-a-vis civil engineer doing in the political arena? Well, you know, one of the things to keep in mind, Nathan, is, is the fact that, you know, um, in, environmental Issues are big issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but I wasn't. I I'm, I'm not so. Uh, I, 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 one of the things I hate about about being an engineer is the fact that people make the mistake of putting us in a box, right? And that's a, that's a very big mistake. There are a lot of issues surrounding community development, uh, development in third world countries, development in in poor communities, uh, domestically. 
there are a lot of issues that we face that uh, that I've had to deal with at, in my mm-hmm. profession, uh, and, and and all of it had to do quite often with having to bridge gaps between government and the people. And so as yeah. I started to see that there was that that gap, I began to work to bridge that gap, and mm. I began to train people. Uh, who ordinarily would not have access to certain uh, certain types of education or certification, and actually certifying them myself, because I was in a position through my profession to be able to do that. And a lot of people have to find their niche in what they do, mm-hmm. you know. And that was what I what I did. I found that niche. And so when I ran, I ran on the concept of creating, helping to create with the people, helping to create a better quality of life. For all people, because there's so many, so many roadblocks that are put up for us, for black mm-hmm. folks, anywhere, wherever that we are, there's always a roadblock. There's always a wall put up, and and so you know we've got to learn as as people of the diaspora, and people who are there on the continent, we've got to learn to knock those walls down, and take exactly. what, what is ours uh, when it comes to when, when it comes to our countries and who we are. Mm. Helping to create a better life for people That's that's amazing, Walter What was your greatest takeaway during your campaign? What, what was your greatest takeaway? Um, I think One of the greatest takeaways is That when you run mm-hmm. You're running for a position And yes. when you're running for that position You're expecting to be able to affect change Through policy making and one of the things that I learned along the way was that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be in a political position to affect change. That's right. And, 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 and I think that people quite often, our people especially, have a, have a bad habit of thinking that, our, that we're just not worth it, that we are not, that we, we diminish our self-worth when we talk, mm-hmm. when we do things. It, it, it's like, uh, well, I'm not I'm not rich, so what does that what does it matter? Uh, I'm not in that position, so what does it matter? No, that's that's not true. And I mm. think the greatest example of that we've seen on the continent of Africa, consistently, consistently. Yes, there's a fight. There's always a fight for liberation. There's always this, and the fight for liberation does not end for us. It seems right, and and so mm-hmm. we we have got to. To recognize that we are our greatest resource, the people are our greatest resource. We've got to realize that, and 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 keep and keep believing that, and keep pushing uh, with that belief that we are the great that that our our people are the greatest resource, no matter where we we've been beaten down so much, Nathan, oh, over, yeah. over 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 the centuries, that that the abuse has the tendency to. Make us believe, many of us believe that we're nothing, and keep mm-hmm. us in a mental state of subservient, uh, subservient, uh, uh, of a virtual uh, uh, perpetual subservience, right? And that is a yes. very bad mistake, very bad mistake. They've done it through education, they've done it politically, they've done it physically, they've done it, you know, and 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 it is it is a it is a uh, it, it is a type of abuse. That takes place in different forms So much so now that all Our oppressor or colonizers have to do now 
is just step back and watch us destroy ourselves because we talk ourselves into a hole. We don't have to talk ourselves into a hole. That's not what we are. That's not who we are. We're better than that. And that was our greatest. That was my greatest takeaway from this whole thing, from running for office. Uh, you know, is that we're better than that. We are so much better than what than what we allow ourselves to believe. And uh, I could affect. I felt like, and I know that I could affect that change uh, if I kept if I kept talking, kept pushing, kept working. And yes. that's what yes. that's what we have to do. We we are very resilient people. Mm-hmm. So everybody. You you heard what Mr. Wall, Mr. Smith is saying, and the reason I want I took that route before we get and jump into the deep end water is I wanted mm-hmm. people to understand that you have that background and experience of running for office and you know campaigning and what it takes to do that. So oh yeah, <laughs> at the begin yeah at the beginning of this show, Roger and I just mentioned for the sake of those uh, calling in right now and those of you that are tuning in online that this is the way the projection of these early voting figures are moving, okay? Roger clearly helped us. At this stage in 2016, 6 million people had voted. Right now, right now, Nyambe, Clotilda, as of today, 22 million people have voted in early voting. Our guest today is Mr. Watersmith II, my question to you, Walter, is what are the issues at stake in this election? Oh, uh, uh, Brother Nathan and Brother Roger, let me tell you, we have a lot at stake in this election. And let me start by saying, as we look around the world and we see what, what we, we see the uproar, we see the the responses that we've seen to the violence that the, mm. the whole world now has seen uh, America on the on the world stage that for so long, thanks to media, thanks to social media especially, and shows like mm-hmm. yours and mine, that are able to expose and peel back the layers of of the type of violence that we've seen, the type of uh, of difficulties that we see here in the United States, and we now are seeing abroad, everywhere abroad, the need to stop and make government listen to us. Yes, one of the things that is very critical now is you know when we see violence and and and, and racism is a big issue. Race is a big issue that is that that we are. Facing right now, racial tones, right? everything that, that we're seeing right now, a lot of what we're seeing is affected by that. I mean, just look at the election itself, for instance, right? Uh-huh. We're looking at a man who is, if you want to call him that, that is in our in our White House, that has, for all intents and purposes, disrespected, outright disrespected. Uh, black people, if, if we want to keep it within the scope of what we're talking about now, when we talk about black people, he has outright disrespected us in so many ways. And mm-hmm. and our very existence, our very existence is at stake with this election. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that 
when we when we talk about um, when we talk about our economics, yes, we are in a in a position right now that we're in limbo. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that in our own communities, we we are now beginning to take things into our own hands because we we're not having to depend on government. We're not wanting to have to depend on government for anything when it comes to the dollar being in our communities. Uh, we are we are looking to ourselves now more than ever, and it's because of a lack of faith government and the direction that it's going in. You don't you see when, when we look at when we look at this situation now, for instance, right? We're looking at a at a race at a presidential election mm-hmm. that for the first time we're seeing a black woman mm-hmm. who is running for vice president. It's not the first time a black woman has run for president, but we're seeing a because we saw Shirley Chisholm. Yes, right. And, and, and now in the 60s and 70s, now we're looking at now Kamala uh, uh, Kamala Harris, who now has has come out, and and this is going to change a lot for us. That's what we're thinking, right? We thought the same thing mm-hmm. with Barack Obama, right? Well, we have got to now take advantage of 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 her being in office if we if we win. And I make I make no bones about the fact that I'm supporting the Biden Harris ticket. Um, but we've got to take advantage of the fact that here is a chance now, a second chance for us to come up with our own policies and things that we need and want in our community to make our demands heard and seen on paper and affect policy internationally as well as nationally in terms of how we deal with each other as black people. Um, on the world stage, that's critical. Mm-hmm. This, the, the current the current administration uh, is 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 not good for anybody. And 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 what what gets me what what is very very clear mm-hmm. is that is, is the embarrassment that we that we have faced politically. We now are looking at a biological issue that has decimated millions of people, not thousands, millions of people because of a lack of because of a lack of early um early response to the public health issue, crisis that we're dealing with. We have that's at stake. Our very lives are at stake. Because now we have we, we have you know now we're popping up with logistics now. And they want to, you know, and people who are in favor of this man uh, who's in office, people who are in favor of him are saying, oh, yeah, well, look, you're not satisfied with anything. Well, it's not a matter of us not being satisfied with anything. You haven't done anything. Because of your lack of, because of the lack of response, now we have an issue. We need policy in place that's going to, that's going to help us to be able to survive, literally live. We have a biological mm. hazard that has spread across this this continent, and that's a problem. That's a serious problem. So when we when we talk about something that's a state, we're talking about our very lives that are at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we need to, and I could go down the line with a list of things now. So that's like, I've gone down like two things right now. You want me to keep going? Let me throw this at you. And this is the argument that you get from, uh, I don't want to say Christian circles. Uh, this is the argument that you get from evangelical circles, okay? It says this uh, Trump has kept his campaign promises, okay? He, he's kept his campaign promises. One, he's moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I don't know what the significance of that is. I'm a Christian myself. Um, our religious liberties are at stake if Biden wins. I keep hearing that. Uh, I don't know how true oh, that is because Biden. Liberties. Oh, man, come on. Religious freedom is at liberty because uh, Biden himself is Catholic, so I don't know how that. uh, Trump has put China in its place. It was uh, China was cheating. China was got away with a lot of Obama. Biden let China get away with a lot of stuff. I don't know which one of those you want to address. Mm -hmm. I can address every single one of them. So let's start. Let's start with the evangelical thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, let, let, let's, let's, let's look at colonization, if you will, for a moment. Mm-hmm. Evangelicals, I mean, we, we, let, let's, let's not joke, let's not kid ourselves about who the evangelicals are, right? Let's not kid ourselves about, uh, about what, the, what, the, what the belief is. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about this issue of of moving the 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 uh, the embassy to 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 uh, Jerusalem, yes. Listen, what 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 are we really talking about here? Right. We're we're talking about we're talking about someone who is who did that move. I believe did that move in order to appease appease evangelicals. Yes. Okay, and to and to and, and what it ultimately did, and, and to appease uh, and make a statement about where he stands with regard to the discord, if you will, between um, the Israel and Palestine. Yes, as well as the rest of the Muslim world. Um, let's not. I mean, let, let's let's just look at it the way the way it is. I mean, we look at a situation where, uh, you know, these people have been fighting for quite some time. And this is not a uh, something that you take lightly. No. But we also are looking at a president who doesn't read. He doesn't prepare. You can tell that that's the case because when you listen to everything that he says, in every conversation that he has, even in debates and conversations, he can't have a debate or a conversation. It, it, the conversation begins to drop into this abyss of what seems to be uh, what he calls those 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 news those sensationalized newspapers. It sounds like the National Enquirer when this guy speaks, right? And so mm-hmm. when we when we evolve into that type of conversation, when we talk about this this man who's in office, who does such things, 
You know, he does it without thinking about the consequences of what he does. In, in, in every in every situation. Now, if there if if that if that leads to if the move to to Jerusalem actually causes a situation where it destabilizes that area even more than what it is now, then we got a serious problem mm. over this. So now you appeased. So what? Who who have you appeased? Right? What have you really achieved at that point? Right? So that so there, there's a lot to consider when you know when 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 you do things like that. You know, she just does things off the off, off the off the fly. He does things off the ship, and that is a very dangerous dangerous person. When you think about that, that's a very dangerous thing. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not I, I'm I'm not in favor of that move. That was not a good move in my mind. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you know, and that's that's you know, it, it, there, there are a billion other things that we talk about involved, involving that, but, you know, but uh, I think that at, at its core, to keep, stay within the scope of what you're asking, I think at its core, yes. that's what we're looking at. A very dangerous situation that I don't think was well thought out. I don't think it was well thought out. Um, okay. So put China in its place? Man, listen. <laughs> let's, look, <laughs> let's look at putting China in its place. Let's let's look at the reality. Here we go again. You notice I keep talking about reality, right? So let's yes, look at the yes. reality of what's of, of this thing of putting China in its place. How much do we owe China? When we look at when we look at all everything that's being made in the United States, what does it say at the bottom of that thing? Made where? Made in China. In China. Okay. So <laughs> then, what are we what are we really talking about? You understand what I'm saying? Who has he really put yeah. in his place? He hasn't put anybody in their place. Brother, let me tell you something. Uh, China owns how much of the United States? Right? <laughs> China owns, mm. China has, 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 China has created how many products that we utilize each and every day? So what does that tell you about the jobs that are supposed to be here in the United States? What, what 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 are we really talking about here? No, he hasn't put China in his place. What he's doing is he's he's trying to you know how you have uh, you know how you have uh, uh, the peacocks, right? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I used to think I used to think the, 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 that the female peacock was the one that had the pretty that had the pretty feathers. But as I got older, I come to find out that it was it's really the male peacocks that have the pretty feathers, and they're the ones that poke <laughs> their chest out. And everything, right? To show off, you know, who they are. This is what this guy is. This is what he does, mm-hmm. brother. He he goes out and he and he, he pokes out his chest and 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 does the the pretty peacock thing. He it, it, he makes he makes ridiculous ridiculous assertions and and uh, uh, ridiculous uh, uh, gestures like this, where he sits up and says, "Well, we put China in our place." Put China in its place. Evidence of that is the mere fact that we that we still drink out of cups. I'm drinking out of a plastic cup right now uh, that has made in China. <laughs> so if that's the case, who have you really put in their in their place? Not putting China in this place, please, please, mm. no way, no way. And and if you really want, okay. I mean, if you really want to get into it. 
We can talk about what China's doing in Africa right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's some benefits to China being in Africa, but 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 we also see the colonizing the colonizing effect of China being in Africa. Right? I mean, yes. that's just that's just a little, you know, that's just a reality check. I mean, you know, you really, you know, you see you see kids that are running around that are running around in Africa right now. Uh, I'm sorry, not kids, but adults that are running around in Africa right now, who are who are trying to find jobs. Right? We have African nations who are try, that are trying to that are trying to um, uh, advance in some way, but it, I, I keep getting this same flashback of colonialism where the Chinese only bring in the Chinese in order to uh, in order to train in order to uh, have them run operations instead of training Africans to run their own operation. That sounds strange like what was happening in South Africa. For for generations. Right? I mean yeah. so so what again again here's another situation where we're talking about the realities of what's really happening. Right? We need to make demands on them to say, No, you're not going to be in our country doing anything unless you are training our people and and, and having them work on these projects. Leading in leadership positions, major positions. That's just a sidebar. Of what I was saying about you putting them in the place where, yeah, we we've got to take more control over what's going on. Same thing, in the United States. We've got to take more control of what's going on. If you're talking about putting China in this place, if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking to do, really. Let's talk about before I allow my colleagues to come in with their questions or comment. The third point I raised: religious liberty. There's the argument that if Biden becomes president. If you refuse to conduct a marriage of same-sex couples, you'll be arrested. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the mission I got, I, I, I heard you correctly. If, if, <laughs> if you refuse to conduct a marriage of same-sex couples, you'll be arrested. Yes. Is that is that what you're saying? And and, 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 and and you're saying that this is this is what who's saying this now? That's what the that's what the Trump supporters or the evangelicals are saying that Biden Harris ticket will eliminate religious liberty. No, no, they won't. It, I, I, I see. It, there's no. That's that's no. There's nothing. There's nothing that I've seen that substantiates that at all. The supporters, if you, if I heard you correctly, uh, mm-hmm. they're saying they're asserting that in the that on the Biden side they would arrest people who um, who who are uh, who are gay that want to be married. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's what. Yeah. No. No. They will arrest the clergy who refuses to administer marital rights to a Gay couple. Oh man, listen, that's that's not no no Alan, no. Am I no. that right? I believe that's what it is, right? Yeah, that doesn't that yeah. doesn't sound right at all. It doesn't even sound like that's what because let, let, let's let's look at this now, okay? Mm. Um, Biden and Harris are Democrats for crying out loud. Yes. So why would they why would they arrest? 
clergy who perform same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. that, that's not even logical. Hey, Nathan, that, that goes against every, that goes against everything that that uh, that the left is talking about uh, and this what they stand for. That goes against everything. Yeah, Nathan, can I just push on that one? Um, okay. Because I know that that's something that the evangelicals use a lot. And I know Wolf, yeah. you are a Christian background, and we we made a church anyways. I know you and your family love the Lord and serve God. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I'm still in the same church that we met at, pretty much white evangelical. Now, an example that is given is, for instance, when uh, if I own a bakery, and there are cases that have been sued where I own a bakery, and the gay couple comes and says, hey, we want to get married, uh, make us a cake. And you put a, a girl and the girl on top of a woman and a woman and a boy, a guy and a guy, so we are gay. And then you say, well, because of my religious right, uh, my religious beliefs, I, it would be wrong for me to bake a cake for a gay couple. Please go down to the next shop and have it made there. And there have been stores that have been sued for that. Oh, yeah. And have you yeah. been into trouble for that? So they take those examples and say, listen, look at what happened to Happy Logic. Listen to what happened to this couple because of what they did. And if uh, Biden wins, now they're even going to tell you to stop uh, mentioning anything about gay inside the church, like is in some other countries. So that's kind of a push which is really hard and firm in their belief. And they haven't heard much pushback. Right. Okay. So I've not, I've not seen, you know, I, I think um, I've, I've heard, I mean, in my circles of what I know here, um, whenever they, I've not seen many situations like that. I know situations like that, like what you said, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. There are situations like that. I've not seen in many situations like that at all. I think now it's become something that is so, um, that has become so normalized now. It's, it's part of our, uh, it's part of our world, part of our society. Okay. Right. And so what we're seeing now, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I know this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Um, with regard to the Biden Harris ticket, okay, uh, I know that the that uh, Democrats would not allow, uh, would certainly not be against. Uh, a gay marriage, uh, and certainly would not. They, they, now, there, there might be situations where they would uh, stand in defense of a situation where, uh, in defense of a gay couple who's trying to get a cake, like what you described, for instance, right? Something as simple as that. Um, and what would you know? They, they would stand in defense of that, but I can't imagine that they would necessarily like. I don't think there'll be anything extreme like putting anybody in jail behind it. That's that's absurd. I, I don't think that, that would be the case at all. Um, but certainly, I think, uh, brother. Sorry, brother. That case has actually is going all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, it was a man from Indiana, I believe. Um, yeah. What I think we who. Um, and, and uh, in courts, liberals, so to say, this is, mm. I think, one area we need to be uh, very frank with our 
um, our dear friends, if we are all calling liberals, uh, forcing people to do things they don't want to do. Uh, I'll, I'll give an example. Say, say for instance, as a, uh, I guess I'm kidding myself now. Black people went through this a lot. Those who married inter interracial marriages, they will not be married, and today they are being married. Um, how, how would, I'm, I'm not asking you a question, but I'm just uh, thinking aloud. How do, did that evolve? Were people being forced to do to do that, or it was just evolved and people accepted it as part of? But the way it seems today, if someone stands up, I know here in Canada where I am, there are a few pastors who have gone through that, uh, mm. where they are being forced to do something against uh, their will. So my thinking is, I think we, we should say to our friends, uh, go to places which are, friend, are friendly to and understand yes. your cause. Yes. Yes. I will probably... That's where I think I think I think we're more pushed towards that than anything else. I, but I, I don't see um, any extreme situation where somebody would be arrested because they don't want mm. you know they don't want to make a cake for somebody yeah. because they're gay. You know what you see what I'm saying? I don't I don't see yes. that as being um, as being something as us evolving into that kind of thing. I, I don't see yeah. that. Um, but Walt, uh, but Walt, the trouble is. Well, the trouble is that some have been forced to close their businesses because they refuse to serve the gay community. So that is an issue which the Democrats, like Roger said, really have to come out and say, listen, you, are, you have your liberty. If it's against your religious right, you don't have to to close your business because you refuse to serve somebody, uh, as long as you did it in a, in a polite manner. You know, but that is, a, that right. is a factual. And the fact that it's in the courts, the Republicans use it actively yes. and say, have you seen mm -hmm. that case? Yes. That is what's going to happen yes. to all of us. So we have yes. to be saying, yeah, that was happened, that may be wrong, but let's do, let's approach it a different way. Right, right. No, I agree with that 110%. Now, that I do agree with. Um, and, and but, but, you know, people are so nasty these days. They're so uh, rude. Right, mm -hmm. and and we're seeing we're seeing this rudeness being uh, encouraged by uh, by you know by this by this administration. That's what we're seeing, and uh, I, I, it, 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 that is what I see more than I see of what was being described coming from the left. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. I don't. I don't see. I don't. I just don't see. I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, you're absolutely right, Alan, about what you just said. Uh, but in terms of in terms of who would who would actually encourage that type of attitude, I don't see that coming from from the from the left. I see that coming from the right. Yeah, of being, course. Being, having, the, having the bad attitude towards it. That's mm. yeah. I, I see that more than anything else. And I think I think people would be more open to understanding. Listen. There are a bunch of Democrats that out there that think the same thing. And be like, listen, we don't do that here but there is a place and, and there's a way to do it there's a way to say it that you're not insulting you understand what i'm saying yeah, that's true. um mm -hmm. that there's a way to do that whole thing you don't have to be just you know insulting to people um no you, you know, don't because you no, you don't. You know, brother, brother what i can just ask a quick question away from this because this one i, I know is a big 
One of the comments you, you made uh, was that um, we have been beaten too much as, uh, as black people. Yes. And today we are seeing that we, Joe Biden uh, almost owes us uh, a gratitude for where he is because of uh, what we can do with our, our combined power. Mm-hmm. Question, my brother, is... All Democrats want to owe us a gratitude when it comes to that. Yeah, but it was the Democrats in South Carolina who the, the black the black uh, vote, which pop, and we are seeing it even in this uh, this round. Uh, the, the black people just said enough of Trump. Uh, right, no, no, yeah, those I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. No, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So with our newfound power, um. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. What do you think? One, two, three, things we can achieve with the power we have. We have found. Um, you can name two here in America, and one should affect the 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 homeland. Okay. Um, I think that here in America, um, we can certainly affect employment. Employment is something that we have got to that we've got to change because it's going to transform our communities, right? It will transform mm-hmm. our, our, our way of life. Um, when we look at uh, when we look at anything that's bad, pretty much, you know, black folks end up at the top of the list, right? Uh, we talk about unemployment; mm-hmm. we're at the top exactly. of the list of unemployed, right? Uh, so when we talk about that, we've got to make certain that that is transformed, and we can do that here by making that demand. It, it, uh, uh, in this in, in, in this in this election, uh, sure. I think one of the things that we want to keep in mind as we go as we continue to talk about this is that local power means everything. In other words, mm. uh, you know, you know what we what we vote for on a federal level is one mm-hmm. thing, but what we do at home makes all the difference in the world. We can really affect policy at home. I'm just as as we talk about it, I want to keep that in mind, okay? Um so when we when we see movements and when we see policies being made by us for us, that is what is most important. We have got to make right. policy by us for us. When it comes to employment, when it comes to uh when it comes to economic stabi- stability, I always talk about the issue of sustainability. Right, and what mm-hmm. what is at the core of sustainability? Economics, social, and environmental issues, and the entire thing is an environmental concept, right? But when we talk about the concept of economics, we're talking about economic development and growth of our own communities, where the dollar stays in our communities more uh, more often and for more much more time than it has been historically, right? So that means yes. being able to open up open up the ability to have proper trade lines um, and doing mm-hmm. business um, uh, more effectively in our communities. And when that is not happening, that means that uh, I, I think the part of the reason that that has not been as effective before is because we weren't asking for the right thing before. I think now we are, we are more savvy than we were before 
So, like for instance, with our CRAs, community redevelopment areas, uh, we that is put in place here in the United States because of redlining and historical racist acts that were done against us. So we have again, our voices are now being heard. We recognize this thing now, and so these things are being created. These opportunity zones, right, is a part of our economic stability. We've got to force government to do what it needs to do federally to make sure, federally and locally to make sure that our opportunity zones are where they're supposed to be and that we are able to take advantage of those things uh, for our economic growth and development. So jobs and economics are going to be critical, critical. Um, and, and, and when we talk about um, the issue of, of, uh, of education, Mm-hmm. Education has is connected directly to what I just mentioned. Directly. What do I mean by that? When I talk about education, what I'm talking about is two things. One, people have to have. have we've, we've traditionally thought. Let's think about this for a moment. We've traditionally thought, and we've even told our own children this: go to college, get a get a degree, get a job. That's what we teach our kids to do. Right, but when we look in our communities, uh, intentionally, uh, it, 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 it seems intentional that uh, we look at our schools in our communities. We don't have home economics. We don't have shop. We don't have those things that were vocational training jobs as a part of our curriculum in the school system. Not now. Not anymore. It used to be that that was the case. But now that's been taken out of our school system from that standpoint, right? It's not a part of our curriculum anymore. That's a mistake. We need to make sure, as far as education is concerned, that vocational training is a part of our education and a part of our educational curriculum. Because what that does, Mm -hmm. that trains our people who are not going to go to college to be able to take on a job, a trade, right? And it changes the economic stability of your community because the people are now economic, economically stable as individuals. So we recognize that now, and I think that we're moving towards uh, implementing them um, not so much as a part of, and, and, and we, which we need to do, um, is implement it as curriculum, but not so much as a part of curriculum as a part of uh, programs that are existing now. Vocational programs that are existing now in our community, there's a bunch of them. Uh, but we need to make sure those things are in place in order to improve our our, our economic growth and development. So, you know, um, education is very important as far as that's concerned, and it's very important in terms of encouraging our children to go to college, to go to university. Mm-hmm. So both we need to have people on both fronts that are encouraging that type of thing because, see, when we we, we – I think we are – uh, seeing, I remember back in the 90s, right, when we were coming up, we had things like uh, um, our TV shows and everything that we had encouraged black children uh, to go to college. We had the Cosby show, right, in the late mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. And, and they encouraged our, it encouraged our children to go to, co- go to university, right? We had a spike, a spike in numbers of black mm-hmm. children that were going to university. Uh, that's important. You know, and, and, and we have to have it. So that, that tells us then that in terms of socially, 
what we are doing, uh, we need to get back to that. We stopped doing that. Look at what we're looking at now. We're looking at we're looking at situations on TV and, and in our society that don't that that are encouraging that. And so we need to make policies that demand better education, that demand support for our HBCUs, our historically black colleges and universities. We've got to do that. Because see, when 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 we weren't allowed to go to go to white schools, our HBCUs were right there for us. You see, and so we've got to make sure that we are doing everything we can to support those institutions, so that we have those institutions in place and surviving. Many of yeah, our institutions are true. failing because we we don't have them because they're not they're not supported the way they should be in their public institutions. You look at South Carolina State University and the financial difficulties mm-hmm. they had. You look at you look and there and it was it's the only is the only state university in South Carolina, the black state university, uh, in the state university system in South Carolina, just like FAMU in, in Florida. Yes. You know, we should never go through those types of difficulties. And these are demands that we have to put on federal government, demands we put on federal government in order to make certain that we have, uh, that we have what we need to have as far as education is concerned. So education um, is, is directly, directly connected to our issues of employment or correcting the issues of unemployment and making certain that we are, uh, that, that the dollar stays in our, our in the case of businesses and making sure that we have vocational education in order to make certain that people have jobs and making sure that the money is is stable in our community. You know, home ownership. Right. It affects home ownership. Mm. It affects uh, mm. psych, uh, person's psyche, how we think, what we do. It affects the environment and what we do. These are things that we've got to make sure are, are taken care of um, in our communities, and, and uh, we've got to be stronger in terms of making certain that that is the case, and that our monies are going where it needs to go, not to some, mm. uh, not to some frivolous, uh, as we call it. My grandmother used to call it some frivolous mess. It needs to go to these <laughs> are those things that are critical for our people, and we need to think yes. like that. More critically, when it comes to yes. that, yes. So those are those are the yeah. things that I would say when you say when you say enumerate one, two, three. Those are three, uh, three if not four things that are very much in, interconnected that we've got to make sure uh, that we focus in on. Mm. Quickly before we end our show here, we have nine minutes remaining. Doctor Patrick, I don't know if you had any comment, question for Walter, uh, anybody else who has called in before I throw this other. Uh, grenade at him, which uh, uh, they are they are they are session that uh, Trump keeps making. Doctor Pat, any comment? Any contribution? Nobody. Time to... <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know There's if anybody else has a question. Uh huh. Let me just point something out as well, because you asked me something as well in terms of internationally, as far as our diaspora yeah. is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Alan and I talk about this a lot, and and I've spoken, I speak about this issue a lot, and that is uh, I'm a Pan-Africanist, okay, uh, which means that, uh, and I think everybody, everybody should know that, but for those people who don't really understand what I mean by Pan-Africanist is that it is a, a form of empowerment for our people. 
the people of the, of the African diaspora. And it's, it is important for us to understand that our identity politics is in place. In other words, that we, that we identify who, who we are as descendants of the diaspora. And that collectively we understand the importance of uh, diasporic relationships and mm. the importance of empowerment as it pertains to that. Uh, you know, that's that's very critical because as we as we talk about this internationally, and we talk about what happens internationally in our own in in, in our here in 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 America, in Brazil, in in Puerto Rico, in Cuba, and on the continent of Africa, when we talk about this these things, um, we have got to make certain that we understand. One thing and one thing only that the main goal is liberation. Yes, pure deliberation. And when we talk about that liberation, what does that mean to us? It might come in a different form for uh, for you if you are in Zambia than it is for you if you are in Malawi, or or if you are in Ethiopia or the Sudan or wherever you are on the continent. You know, we have to make certain that we understand, again, that liberation is critical. So economic liberation, environmental liberation, social liberation, mental liberation, liberation of making certain that we understand who we are, what we are, and what we are, what we will stand, what we will stand for, what we won't stand for. We cannot afford, we can ill afford to have anybody coming into our countries or our communities and colonizing us. Mm. It cannot happen. It cannot continue to happen. And 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 that that is something that in this election it is critical because when we talk about gentrification in our communities, um, you know, that is a type of colonialism. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming in, you're colonizing my community. The very community that that we built and and, and, and lived in for generations, now you're gonna try to take it away? And move us out. <laughs> you know, it's the same. So take that same thing on a micro level and put it at a at a macro level. Uh, in in Africa, it's the same concept. You're gonna take a group of people, uh, uh, tribesmen and so forth, and move them from where they where they live and put them where you want to put them because you want to develop a, 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 a what a resort area. What 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 are we saying here? And, and, and yeah. not even looking at what you need to do to empower the tribe and, and make the tribe and, and do things for the benefit of the tribe based off of what the tribe wants or believes in. That's true. That's colonization. Isn't that that's the same thing that happened to the Native in Americans, isn't it? You've just described yes. the narrative of yes. the Native Indians. What are, as we end here, we have a few minutes remaining. Yesterday I had a conversation with uh, a lady and she said to me, I asked her if she had voted, if she was going to vote. She said to her, these are just white men. It doesn't matter whether Republican or Democrat, they are the same. What's wrong with that picture? And why should we, why is it, in, why is it a must, mandatory, imperative that everybody votes this time around? Let me tell you something. I am a child of two people who fought in the civil rights movement, who were part of the civil rights movement. Um, when, when I talk liberation, I'm talking about the ability to 
I, I am including, understand, mm-hmm. when I talk liberation, I am including the the right to vote. So when people die in liberation movements, they die in liberation movements in order to make certain that we have the type of civil that, 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 we, that we have the type of civil rights and the right the type of That's human a good point. rights that that that, 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 were, that were taken from us because people mm-hmm. because the very people that mm. we, that we're talking about thought that we were subhuman and that we couldn't handle it. they treated us like we were children that like we were animals. Yeah, and you and you mean to tell me that your vote? You don't think your vote matters? Your vote counts. Make it count. If your vote does not, if your if you feel like your vote doesn't count, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I lost my I lost my second race that I ran right for city council mm-hmm. uh, here in Tampa. But let me tell you something. When I looked at the numbers, when I ran in the primary and I I got to the to the runoff. It was because of the black vote from the black community, that block that I had as I was running against these white men, that I had that literally put me over the top. My people put me over the top. Mm-hmm. But when I ran in that second, when I ran in that runoff, the reason that I lost that runoff was because my people did not show up at the polls. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that voting doesn't matter. Because if I if, if I had sat if I had been elected to that particular seat in city council right now, yeah, a lot of the policy things that that we were seeing historically, see, there would have been two black people on city council. One of which would myself would have been a citywide city councilman, which gives me more ability to cover more. Which means I can cover the entire city. Wow, wow. So what do you good. think that that means That's... for you? <laughs> you understand what Everybody I'm saying? Vote. So that's yes, that's different. That's different. We need to vote. Vote. We need to vote, people. Today, I vote. know these numbers, Roger, coming from our people. Twenty-two million, as of today, have voted in the early uh, voting. Singer. That was our show today. Walter L. Smith the second. Walter, thank you so much. This is not going to be the thank first you. and last. We shall be having you on. We, sh- we need to have a conversation right. after the elections and uh, see where this goes. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. And we got to have you on my show on WMNF, on the Sunday Forum. We got to have you on. All right. Thank you. That should be an honor. <laughs> Everybody, All right. let's All go right. back in for an uh, open forum as, as we look at Zambia's debt. Peace to Zambia. Amai kuvuteka mutima Kuma zoti tazitoa Nima ona misozi masomwake Nima kuto wa